This is episode number 467 with Dr. Shiva Asar, Navigating Post-Pandemic Dating. Hi everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like some support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book just for you, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 stories, tips, and exercises designed to help you step more fully into your value. You can find it on Amazon, Kindle, or paperback. And this week's tip from the book is lean back. This is a very misunderstood term. So I just wanna talk about it a little bit. We're told to lean in by Sheryl Sandberg, <laughs> lean in and in, in, in the workforce. And often we approach dating the same way we approach work. So women are pushing in and they're trying too hard and they're planning and they're not really giving a man the opportunity to show up and be the guy that you want him to be. So if you want him to plan more, lean back and let him do it. Ask for what you want, be clear, but really give the man the space to show up for you. This is one of the most common issues I see in dating. So my challenge to you this week is try to lean back a little bit, ask for what you want, and then lean back and see what happens. And before I bring Dr. Shiva on, I want to invite you, if you're not already a member, we have a fabulous Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And this is a group for women over 40 who would like positive support to really understand why they keep repeating patterns and how to really undo the damage that was done many years ago and really move forward in your dating journey to go on your last first date. So join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Dr. Shiva Asar. She is a clinical psychologist. She specializes in supporting people to improve their confidence and their experiences with dating, relationships, and life. She's passionate about advancing conversations around mental health, especially for young women. And she shares the tools necessary to not just get through life, but to actually thrive. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. I'm so excited to be meeting with you. I am excited about this topic because here we are post-pandemic. Well, pandemic is still happening here. This is being taped mm -hmm. in July of 2021. And we are opening up in many places, but we still have some variants hanging around. So it's not completely safe. So I'd love mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about post-pandemic dating. What are some of the challenges that you've seen of people getting back out there? Sure. I think that one thing that definitely has come up um, in my clinical work when working with clients is I've noticed that many people are experiencing, understandably, just more anxiety, right? More anxiety, being in person, meeting in person, what does that mean for dating experiences? Um, and so I think that there is more anxiety overall around safety and, um, you know, increased risk of exposure to COVID and these different variants, but also some social anxiety that I've seen. I'm just more worried about how we're coming off in social settings and, you know, our own skill set in socializing in person. So we certainly have forgotten a little bit about how to actually talk to people in yeah. person. Um, so we're a little rusty, <laughs> yeah. right? 
Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I, I want to just like validate, I feel like it definitely makes sense. If anything, I think that we've become so much more comfortable connecting virtually now because of this last year. Um, but yeah, I think that some of some of us are feeling a little more, you know, maybe self-conscious around our social skills and also just what dating can look like and what we want it to look like, right? I think we have had this understanding of what the dating process should look like and now because of the pandemic and just our different ways of having been able to connect it's like we are wanting to connect in maybe more unique ways and I think more and more also people are wanting to be more intentional which I think is a great thing right um, with their dating of um, wanting to have the dating experiences that are actually going to be most fulfilling to them um, so I would say that that's a huge win just from this last year. Yeah, I love the intentionality and I'm glad you brought that up because I think dating sort of became uh, almost a throwaway. People are not that important. You can always swipe for another person. People are ghosting mm -hmm. and breadcrumbing and doing all the bad things that really are just mm -hmm. poor communication. And I think that the pandemic has really taught us a number of good lessons in how important mm -hmm. our connections are and how important communication is and really getting clarity around valuing other humans. Absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think what I've seen at least in the last year is that we have, you know, we really are starting to understand more and more and have experienced just the benefits of being around other people and of really being able to connect. Not having been able to do that the last year, um, especially in the beginning when we were on lockdown, I think that many people start to really crave real emotional connection. So not just being with someone just to be with them, but actually feeling comfortable with them and having quality conversations and being able to really be in a space where you feel supported and are supporting other people. And I think we've really seen the value of what others can bring to our lives. Yeah, it's an important thing. And humans are not meant to be alone. We're meant to be social mm -hmm. and so the isolation, I think, made people really crave that connection even more, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. people are wanting to get back out there. There's some anxiety around the safety, both physically and medically, and also the social, social anxiety around mm -hmm. just being social mm -hmm. again. So can you share some mm -hmm. tips for how to successfully get back out there after the restrictions sure. have lifted? I think it, I want to just encourage you, but I think my number one tip is being compassionate with yourself and really treating yourself with compassion and grace and recognizing that, you know, this may take some time for you until you figure out what feels comfortable for you, right? So before you even get into the dating world, really asking yourself at this point, what does feel comfortable for me? What feels comfortable for me physically? What kind of dates am I comfortable going on? Um, and identifying those limits for yourself. And even if they're different, maybe you're, um, let's say you feel comfortable only going on an outdoor date, right? But eventually you want to get to being able to go indoor, having more intimate um, settings, recognizing that that is going to be a process and that is okay versus putting that pressure on ourselves that we need to immediately revert back to the way that we used to date in the past right, and be comfortable with that. Um, so I think the first thing is definitely being, identifying your limits, seeing what is comfortable for you, and then gradually building upon that, right? Um, so wanting to stay in a place that's comfortable, but also not wanting to avoid situations that are important to us and that are part are connected to the lives that we want to live out. Because we know when we avoid more, then our anxiety tends to 
worsen. Um, so I would say that's the main thing. And I think the other part is when we're thinking about, you know, getting back into the dating world, and I think this is just always important, but um, going back to the concept of being intentional, but being clear on what you are wanting, right? I think so often in the past, especially many of us, as you also mentioned, we, we're just dating to date, right? And it was a numbers game, like how many dates we would go on a week, right? Um, but I think it is important of being really clear of like, at this point in my life, what kind of relationship am I looking for? Um, and what am I really wanting from someone else? And what am I also expecting of myself? So having that clarity and that awareness that it could set you up for have, increasing the likelihood of you getting that experience. Um, and then I think the other thing is also communicating that. And I know you're huge on communication, but um, from early on, really checking in and really seeing, am I connecting with someone who is aligned with me on values, but also on what we're looking for going forward? I think these are great. So I love the compassionate piece. We forget that one all the time. Yeah. <laughs> We're so hard on yeah. ourselves. And um, yeah. and to set your own limits. I think, you know, even during the pandemic, when people were dating, I mean, I was dating during the pandemic. It took me a while to get out there. And then I was very clear, like, I'm going to be wearing a mask. I'm, I do practice social mm -hmm. distancing. I will only do a date outside. I'm not going to hug you and kiss you hello, you know, and right. just to check in and see what the other person says and how they feel about what your limits are, because that's also important. If somebody's going to push back on your limits and say, well, that's stupid, you know, that's great information, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that. Um, and that is oftentimes also what I share of like, you know, having those limits and then seeing how someone responds to your limits gives you so much information, right? So if someone responds negatively or is supportive, like that can also let you know, is this a relationship that you're even wanting to invest in and explore? Um, you know, even, you know, from the pandemic, I think many of us have enjoyed the, even the virtual days. And so sometimes people will ask me, well, like, Shiva, should I, do I need to go back to in person or can I continue the virtual dates? And I think that is such a personal decision, but if virtual dates feel comfortable for you, then, you know, having that even be a limit of how you're going to filter perspective, you know, in-person dates. Um, so really thinking about, yeah, I couldn't agree more, really thinking about, you know, what feels comfortable for you and remembering that if someone is really invested in getting to know you and is a healthy, helpful partner, are they're going to respect that. Yeah, that's a really, really important thing to put out there that if if you're comfortable with virtual dates, keep doing them, you know, and, and if somebody yeah. says, no, I need to meet you right away and you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. Then you can learn that yeah. that person is not the right person for you. And I have, a, I have a question. This came up in a Facebook group that I'm a member of, and it's around virtual dates. And I'm curious to see what you would say. There, there was a situation where somebody was meeting for the first time on FaceTime. And the first mm -hmm. time the woman called, the guy was in the car and he picked up mm -hmm. and she said, listen, let's talk when you get to a place where you can talk. And mm -hmm. then he called her back from while he was unpacking groceries. He was really distracted. And she mm. was uncomfortable, but she didn't know what to do. So what would you say to a person mm. who's trying to connect with somebody on a virtual date for the first time and they're just not, not really focused, they're not talking in a place where they can really, you know, really focus on the conversation? 
Great question. I feel like that is, you know, information, right? Uh, It's giving us a lot of information about them and how they're approaching dating. Um, And so I would, you know, I I take it from like a stance of just being curious, maybe even checking in with them and saying, hey, like, I'm just wondering, you know, um, like, 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 if this is, you know, how you tend to want to meet people. But I think that what I would say is um, I'm a huge supporter and advocate of use, communicating and using I statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I statements, are you familiar with them, Sandy? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that really maybe sharing with the person, um, you know, expressing to them what you're needing and saying maybe something like, hey, you know, I would love to connect with you, but how about you give me a call when, you know, you're free and you're able to talk further, right? Or to, you're able to really be present and we can maybe get to know each other a little more. So I would reframe it in a positive way. And then if the person doesn't respond to that, or if they're unsure as to what you mean, I think it's helpful to use I statements to say, hey, you know, I'm finding myself feeling maybe a little distracted, or I'm feeling a little uncomfortable um, talking while, you know, you're uh, attending to other things. And I would just appreciate it if, you know, you call me when you are available to really just be able to connect and talk. So I think uh, providing that information can be helpful um, and also suggesting specifically what you're wanting, right? So letting that person know what you're wanting so that they they may just not be aware. Maybe that is the way that they've been connecting. Um, and so they may actually then respond well to that or they may not, which again is disinformation. And then I, I love the way you approach that because the I statements really are important. We, we tend to go right to you you're such a jerk. You are distracted. You are, how could you set a time with me and then not be, you know, it's like all the judgment comes in. And when you speak from, here's what I need. This, this doesn't work for me. Here's, can I tell you what works better for me? And then see what people do. That's the only thing we really can do. So that's great modeling for anybody who's really looking to set some limits without being, um, feeling mean. Yeah, I think a big fear that I'll hear from people is like, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be too pushy. Um, and I think the other th- this gives the person the chance to see, hey, do I want to take this person on this offer? Like, do I want to take them up on this offer or do I not? And so they still have an option to be like, hey, you know, I don't want to call you and connect in this way, for instance. Um, but I think it also gives us a chance when we're able to communicate this. Um, it gives us a chance to really assess, like, you know, those, these, these meanings that we've associated. Like, we all have these stories and these meanings that we associate to different behaviors or situations that occur. Um, so, like, let's say for me, if someone, if I'm on a virtual day and the person, similar to this example, it isn't, you know, paying attention or they're doing other things, I may think in the moment, like, you know, maybe they're, they don't really care. Maybe they're not as invested. But that doesn't always, it, our means aren't always accurate, right? And so I think that this gives us a chance to see, is this meaning that I've associated to this behavior accurate? Or is this just this person's way of being and way of connecting that is different than my way of connecting? Yeah. And we often have different ways of connecting and it doesn't make one person yeah. bad or the other person good. It's um, yeah. It sometimes can challenge us, right? Because we are not used to having somebody communicate in that way, but it's the meaning Mm -hmm. that we make that really gets us into trouble sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations 
Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. I know you specialize in helping people increase self-confidence, and I think we need a lot more confidence if we're getting out of the house for the first time. So if you can Mm -hmm. share some tips on how people can feel more self-confident when they're out there dating again. Yeah, I think self-confidence and just our relationship with ourselves is similar to, um, I've listened to your interviews too, just of like, I know you also value just how important our relationship with ourselves is. And I think a big part of that is how we feel about ourselves. Um, And I think that for me, when I think about improving self-confidence, a big way to do that, I think is just dedicating time for ourselves each day, right? So dedicating time that is simply focused on our self-care, simply focused on taking care of ourselves and emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever that may look like for you. Because I think that when we dedicate that time for ourselves, not only does it communicate um, to ourselves that we are important and it's important for us to take care of ourselves, but when we take care of ourselves, we tend to feel better. Um, So like if we're exercising, if we're doing gratitude journaling, whatever it may be, it does really help our overall mood and self-confidence. I think the other thing is I focus a lot on how we tend to speak to ourselves. Um, And so I would encourage people to just be more curious and pay more attention to how you tend, what your self-talk is like, you know, what do you tend to say to yourself? What do you, what is the tone that you use? Are you someone who tends to be more supportive or more critical? Um, and what I've seen in my work is that as women, we tend to be incredibly, um, people in general, but especially with women that I work with, I tend to see that we tend to be incredibly self-critical and we tend to speak to ourselves in ways that we would never speak to anyone else, um, especially anyone that we care about. And so in those situations, I think being um, paying attention to your thoughts and really seeing how can I actually create a little more distance from these thoughts so they don't impact me as much and that I, and I don't treat these thoughts as facts. Because a lot of times I think we have these self-critical thoughts and we just accept them as if they're true. Um, and so it's really important to really see what are the thoughts that I want to accept and that are true for me and what are the thoughts that you know, maybe self-critical, but I can still, I can challenge or I can reframe so they can better support me. Yeah. So this is really, really important. I mean, I have clients who go, yeah, I was so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Wow. What an idiot. And it's like, yeah, you would never speak to your child that way. You would never speak to other people, your friends. So let's talk a little bit more about distancing yourself from your thoughts and seeing, you know, the facts, separating fact from thought and beliefs and all that. Can you give us kind of an exercise to help people know how to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, starting from there, when you've identified the thought, asking yourself, like, let's say, you know, let's say you've had a bad first date or you feel like you've messed up or you said the wrong thing or whatever it may be. Um, I think taking a step back and asking yourself, okay, well, let's say my best friend or, you know, um, my cousin or whoever maybe was in a similar situation. What would I say to them based on the evidence that I have, based on what I verbally said, based on what happened on the date, what would I say to this person? 
would I say that they, you know, completely messed up the date or would I, would I be able to identify maybe other things that also happened on the date that went well or that didn't go well, but that had nothing to do with the person. So I always ask people, what would you say to a friend or a loved one in a similar situation? Mm-hmm. I think that um, allows us to view the situation more objectively because we tend to, when we're in the situation, our emotions tend to cloud how we are seeing ourselves. Um, another exercise that I think is helpful is, um, especially that comes up for self-confidence, I find that many of us tend to have these self-critical thoughts that, have, that come up for us, you know, across stressful situations or across situations that don't go well, for instance. And so I think asking yourself in that moment, you know, is this a thought that is just coming up for me habitually? Or is this a thought that's based on the situation, is it a result of the situation that I'm in right now? So for instance, um, you know, a thought that I'll hear is like, you know, they're, they're not going to like me, right? They're not going to like me. And so I typically ask people, well, like, do you tend to feel that? Do you tend to have this thought when you are going on a first date? Does this thought come up for you regardless of if this person has expressed that they like you um, or not? And usually it is, it is thoughts that have come up for us, you know, across many years. And so being able to recognize that I think takes away some of the power of that thought and allows us to be more mentally prepared when it does come up for us. Mm. So separating out whether it's situational or it's just a repeated pattern that you have that's been going on for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of our you know, self-critical thoughts or a lot of our worry thoughts, I think do are thoughts that are, you know, um, that tend to come up for us across many situations versus like based on the specific situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is helpful to really be able to notice that um, because I think so often we tend to trust the thought that comes up for us and we treat it as a fact in that situation. But if you're able to recognize that you know, I tend to have this thought. I tend to, I tend to have the thought that people aren't going to like me, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't. That just means that I, my mind tends to respond in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not even true. It's just a habit. It's a yeah. pattern, right? Like, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing absolutely. when you start to really look at those thoughts. I remember, yeah, really learning like that you could actually go into a date asking yourself, I, you know, I hope I like him instead of, I hope he likes me. You know, I hope I hope yeah. that he picks me. It's like, we always want to be chosen. And when we realize we actually have choice and we're the chooser, it changes the whole way that yeah. we date and the way we look at ourselves. And so stopping and interrupting those patterns is so, so important. So this is great information. I appreciate the exercises. I think a lot of people hear, well, Uh stop the thoughts and they go, I don't know what to do. So this is helpful. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I'm, and I'm glad. And I think one other thing that I'll um, share is, you know, a lot of times I think we tend to just as humans, we tend to just focus on all the negativity, right? And, and I think this makes sense from, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, we're wanting to protect ourselves. But I think when we think about confidence, we tend to hyper-focus on the area, our, the areas that don't go well for us or that we don't have, or this, you know, the traits that we don't have are areas of growth. And so I think another way to create some distance and say, is say to yourself, you know, well, what do I have that's really great? Or what did go well in this situation? So you can just see it more balanced. Um, I think that can also really help. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, we tend to look at the negative. We have that that bias towards yeah. negativity. Yeah. Um, so when I work with a client, I do this with them. I'll I'll have them first look at three things they like about a man, and mm -hmm. then look at two yellow or red flags, like things that might have come up that they're kind of either questioning or it's a definite no because we tend to bury all that after we've been seeing somebody for a while. So the best time to see it is when you're first getting to know someone. And then we look at them and we say, find three things you thought you did well on the date and two things you'd like to do differently or better on the next date. So it's always start with the positive, look at areas of opportunity, but not you're a bad person. Wow, what an idiot. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I love that. No, I love that. I think it is so important to, um, you know, be be just aware of and objectively. I think this allows us to just view the situation more objectively, right? When we're seeing what that person, you know, the positive traits that they offered, but also the areas that maybe we should be more aware of going forward. Um, and the same is true for ourselves. So I love that it allows us to view it more objectively when our emotions, especially, you know, getting involved. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it is hard to break those patterns. They're very old and they've been there a long time. And it's like, oh wait a minute, that's not the truth. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. It is, it is, it's and it is a process. I would say for anyone hearing this, I think obviously some of these things are easier said than done, but um, know that if you're starting to maybe start to be aware of your thoughts, you're starting to want to challenge or have more balanced thoughts, it's going to take some time. And initially, it's going to feel uncomfortable. You may feel like, oh, I don't fully believe that about myself, or I don't, I'm not able to really take in my strengths. Um, but I think with time and, you know, and effort and working towards it, it will eventually improve. Yeah. So I love that you're yeah. giving practical tips, but you're also giving the inner work. It's not just, you know, get out there and date again. We really have to work through some of the mental health stuff and the, and the mm -hmm. way that our thoughts can limit us and our beliefs can limit us, you know, post-pandemic or pre-pandemic or during the pandemic. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> these, are, these are really important things for any time, any person, any time of, of you know, life. Um, so, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing all that, Shiva. It's like really, yeah. really important stuff. I, I really, I love to go deep. I love the um, the inner work because, you know, it's not just about flirting more or wearing the right outfit and having the right haircut, which is what some people might tell you, but it's, you've got to get out of your own way. And this is, this is really yeah. how to do it. So as yeah. we're coming to a close... Um, I would love to know your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date. Sure, I love that. Um, I would say be the person that you're wanting to date. Like be who, like embody the values that you're looking for. Be that person um, and become more and more of that person. And then I think the other piece is be more of you, right? So I think they're both connected, um, but I think be more of you. I think so often we're so focused on how other people are perceiving us and wanting to make a good impression by other people, by what we perceive to be other people's standards. But I think it is really important to just be you because that's gonna allow that for you to see, is there real connection? Is there real potential? And at the end of the day, eventually they're gonna get to know you. And so I think it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself and the relationship by being yourself and 
by embodying the traits that you're wanting to find in a romantic relationship. Mm, that's, that's great advice. So yeah, just to go one step further with that, because it can be really hard for people to know what they want and who they are and what is authentically yeah. me. I mean, often when you ask somebody, you know, who are you? Or what do you like about yourself? Or what do you stand for? They don't even know where to begin. So is there a way, yeah. you know, just a simple tip to have our listeners just go a little deeper into their authenticity? Sure. I would say when we're thinking about relationships, I would ask yourself, what are my non-negotiables and what are my negotiables? And when you write everything out, let's say you jot down, um, you know, all the non-negotiables, all the things that you need in a relationship, I would then go through it again and really see, are these the things that I definitely need because they're going to make my relationship the most fulfilling. Like if I were to fast forward, let's say 10, 15 years, and I've lived through seasons of life with this person, are these the things that I definitely need to have? And I think a lot of times we recognize that maybe things that we think are requirements for a good, fulfilling relationship are things that, you know, we would be okay with actually. Like, a, like one thing that I'll hear a lot from um, women clients that I work with is like, they need to be, for instance, over 60. My partner needs to be over right. 60. And, you know, th that may be a preference and that may be exciting if they are over 60, but is that the thing that is really going to make you the most fulfilled and um, with, when you are with this person, you know, when you're going through challenges, when you're having a child or, you know, dealing with things or exploring life, is that the thing that is really going to stand out to you? And if that's not that thing that's going to stand out to you, then maybe thinking about what, what is going to stand out to you? Is it the fact that you can trust them? Do you feel safe and secure with them? Um, are they funny, right? Um, so really going through it again. Um, and then I think for ourselves, I think, um, what I would say is, you know, I, I focus a lot on values within my work with clients and just within my own life of really seeing, you know, what is most important to you? Who is the person that you are wanting to be? And I think the question that you can ask yourself is, if you, you know, were at the end of your life, what would be the areas of your life and what would be the ways that you would describe yourself that you would want, you would want to make sure that you've met those expectations of those descriptions. So what I mean by this is like, um, you know, at the end of your life, do you feel like, you know, you want to be someone who has been giving, has been social, and you want to make sure that you've lived up to that? Because I think the ways that we um, can identify ourselves and, you know, describe the best versions of ourselves at the end of our life are the ways that we probably value being in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think we don't, we don't take any of this seriously enough. And I think we also under yeah. underplay who we are. So these are great because, you know, yeah. people do have trouble with the non-negotiable list. I was just talking to my youngest daughter and she's just about to get ready to go start dating again. And she connected with somebody and she goes, but he's like five, eight. And uh, that doesn't really work for me. And I'm like, Height is not a character trait. <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> like that is not gonna. And, it, and, I, and it's like and I always say, I'm like I, I understand. You know, it would be <laughs> right. great, but also when you're struggling, I don't, I don't think you're gonna mind if they're five eight or they're six feet. I think yeah, you're exactly. just gonna want someone who's gonna be there for you. <laughs> who's exactly. gonna be there? <laughs> 
I would actually share, as we're talking, I just remembered, I would also share, you know, um, just to make it a little more tangible, like let's say um, as a listener, if you're listening and you're like, well, how do I also, maybe you're wanting to um, start off with how do I know who of more of who, what I want to be, or maybe how I'm experienced by other people on a date. Um, I always encourage people, you know, check in with your friends, check in with people that you trust and see, you know, what are the things that they really love about you and how do you think, how do you tend to come off? I think that that not only helps us to realize like, okay, what are the things that I want to continue to demonstrate to the world and continue to be like, but also it's really great for our self-confidence. I think it's helpful to know like, oh, so-and-so really loves the fact that I'm always laughing or I tend to be positive or whatever it may be. So I think it also just allows you to see like, am I, am I um, going towards the person that is authentic to me, but also the person that I'm wanting to be? Yeah, that's a great one. I think that um, our friends see us in a way that where we're truly authentic for the people we're most comfortable with. And we often hide those mm -hmm. parts from the people we date yeah. until we get really comfortable. Yeah. And I always say to people, don't be the onion that, that you have to peel because it takes too long <laughs> to get to know you. So you got to peel a yeah. couple layers back so that people can really see those amazing qualities that you have. And yeah, we're all like on our best behavior and then we end up being so serious on a date or we don't show like yeah. our quirky side and our nerdy side and our creative side. and. Yeah, those are really, really important. So I love all this. This is a really fantastic conversation, Shiva. So tell us Thank you. Where, um, where our audience can connect with you. And I don't know if you have a, a free gift on your website or something to share, but this is, this is the time to do that. Thank you so much, Cindy. I absolutely love this conversation with you. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh. Um, I... And, and I would love to connect also with anyone who's listening. I, you can connect with me on my Instagram. It's at Dr. Shiva. And so on my Instagram, I share a lot about, um, you know, self-confidence and relationships and your relationship with yourself. Um, so if that's of interest to you, I do have resources there. Um, I also provide um, coaching services. So if you're interested in any type of service, you could go through my website. It's drshivasar.com. Um, and that link is on my Instagram bio. I do have a free list of self-care activities. I'm huge on self-care. So um, check out my website and you can get a list of self-care activities that are really focused on just holistic wellness um, and just improving your relationship. Love but it. thank you again for having me on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Really great getting to know you and having all this really rich conversation. I know our audience is probably just lapping it all up and going to apply some really <laughs> practical tips that you've shared. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate the work that you do out in the world, especially with young women. You. you know, we really need to start younger and we could avoid yeah. so much pain if we could deal with mental health and well-being from a younger age. I really wish yeah. this stuff would have been available to me as a young person. It would have saved a lot of anguish for a long time. Yeah. And so thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I couldn't agree more. I, one of the reasons I'm in this field and really focusing on this is because I too wish when I was younger, I was just focusing more on just my 
own confidence and my, you know, my own inner, inner understandings of things. So thank you again. Yeah. And uh, thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us. This helps us get more amazing guests like Dr. Shiva Azar. And uh, we hope you go on your last first date very soon. 